0: Tired. So tired. You're listening to Overtired on ESN with Insomniacs Christina Warren and Brett Terpstra. How are you doing, Brett?
1: I'm good. Did you say Insomniacs with a Z? I Did you say Insomniacs?
0: I said Insomniacs that's with a with good word. S. It is a good word, but not Inzom, Insomniacs. I, 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 had should- a, I was a little sibilant there.
1: In Zombie Axe would be awesome. Like that could be like a metal 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 Metalocalypse kind of cartoon. (laughs) I'm going to do it. In in Zombie Axe. All right. I'm totally in. Good idea. So what happened this week? Uh, It was like a big celebrity week, wasn't it?
0: Huge celebrity week. Huge. So it started with the Oscars. Or excuse me, started with the Golden Globes. Uh ah. and uh then um continued into Oscar nominations which happened uh, as we are recording this happened earlier today. Oh, yeah.
1: time sensitive material. I know. Um.
0: I know. I just think when everyone re-listens to this and they're in their, you know, Overcast queue or their Downcast queue or Pocket cast or Cast or whatever app you use, even Instacast god forbid, it, they're going to go back in time to when it was, you know, January 2015 and and they remember what it was like when they'll be young again they will be and we'll all be talking about how Gone Girl got freaking just snubbed 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 at the Oscars was it good? I never saw it. Gone Girl was fantastic. Oh, my God. It was so good. So it got one nomination, Rosamund Pike, for Best Actress, but it didn't get Best Picture, didn't get Best Adapted Screenplay, which is insane because it totally should have had Best Adapted Screenplay. It didn't get Best Director. It didn't get Best Sound. It didn't get Best Score. Like, nothing. But did it?
1: In your opinion, did it have the best of those things, or was it just an overall good movie?
0: It was a great movie, and it it certainly deserved a best um, adapted screenplay nomination. Like without a doubt, I mean, first of all, like the the author adapted the screenplay, and it would have been the first time that a woman who adapted her own work got nominated for best adapted screenplay. And she wasn't nominated, and it was a really it was like it would have been a really hard book to adapt, but she did a great job with it and, and and really brought it to life and It was a good movie, and it did well at the box office and it's insane that that didn't get more nominations. It's also insane that the Lego movie, like one of the best movies of the freaking year, I think, did not get nominated for best animated Picture
1: okay, so here's the thing well first I've almost rented. Gone Girl, like, four times now, because you were talking about it before, and I thought I'd give it a chance, but then there's always something else I want. I watched Live, Die, Repeat, and I actually liked, it was the, I haven't liked a a Scientology movie for a long time. (laughs) uh, That guy, what's his, uh, what's his name? The good-looking, very short man, who's a Scientologist. And and beat up. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't liked one of his movies since, like, man, what? What was that movie where he's dancing around in his underwear? Risky business. And the sunglasses? Risky business. Risky business. No, there were a couple after that. But this one was actually pretty good for a sci-fi movie. But that's what I watched instead of Gone Girl, which is probably a real shame based on what you're saying right now. It is.
0: Gone Girl is fantastic. It's David Fincher. Ben Affleck, who's douchey is all get out, is perfect in it because he's playing like... He's the
1: reason I haven't watched it yet.
0: But he's perfect because he's basically playing Scott Peterson. If you remember, like, the whole Lacey Peterson, Scott Peterson case, like, the guy who killed his wife and, and, like, she was pregnant and they found her, like, you know, like, washed up on, on this shore, like, in San Francisco. Happened, like, a decade ago.
1: San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, that was before Florida was the crazy state.
0: Exactly. And, um, not, it was not San Francisco. It was, like, Sam, but it was, it was the Bay. It was near the Bay Area. Like, it wasn't in San Francisco proper. It was in, like, I guess, like, the, like, the North Bay or whatever. Anyway, he, um, looks like Ben Affleck and Ben Affleck totally like plays this Scott has the Scott Peterson vibe and the whole thing is like he's kind of a douchey character so he's perfect for it so even if you don't like Ben Affleck he's like perfect in the role like he's absolutely perfect
1: Well see I never like to admit that I like Ben Affleck because he does always strike me he gives off this like yeah douchey vibe but then he actually does a good job sometimes Exactly
0: and you're like damn it yeah no he he annoys the holy Ish out of wasn't me. that
1: him in chasing Amy?
0: Yes, it was.
1: He was good in chasing. Amy. He was Amy. good
0: in that, and he was he was good in Goodwill Hunting. I mean, granted, he yeah, got, he was. Matt Damon was better, but Matt Damon's better. You know, Ben Affleck's a bigger so star, now, but Matt Damon. I, I'm, I'm not
1: allowed to like that movie anymore. Well, now I can. Now I can because of the whole death of Robin uh, Williams, uh, Smoochie. Um But uh, <laughs> but I wasn't. You know, like it was always too corny of a movie to really espouse
0: right? Um, but
1: and, it, it was a good movie I dude liked it,
0: it, it and, and it brought elliot smith to the oscars that year uh which you know, yes. it, which was like the greatest thing that's happened i mean granted I think that it,
1: may actually be how i discovered elliot smith
0: um it definitely was how i discovered him i it's absolutely how i discovered him i was a freshman in high school i will make no bones about the fact that it, before that film i had no idea who he was and he performed um either between the bars or Angelese at um, the Oscars, and it was like, holy crap. Like, I'd seen the film, and I really liked the music, and then seeing him at the Oscars, I was like, oh, my God, I know you're going to lose to Celine Dion, but you're amazing.
1: I got to make some notes here so we remember to link some of this stuff. But it was be, was between the bars in the movie.
0: Um, I don't. I think it was. Because
1: I heard that song. That was the song that sold me on him completely. It was... I don't know. It hit me at a point in my life where it made so much sense. Um, but then I heard Madeline Perot do it. Yeah. And, um, and it was cool enough that then I went back and started actually listening to all of Elliott Smith's work. I now own every one of the albums he put out and get angry every time I listen to them uh, about how he was robbed of his career and his life being stabbed and all.
0: Well, whether he stabbed himself or someone else did, who knows? And it was Miss misery that he performed at the Oscars. It wasn't um, between the bars, but um, okay. it no, but anyway, but wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. stabbed himself? I
0: mean, you was, was
1: the, there? Is there talk of it being suicide? Because I don't. I just listen to the albums. So I don't follow that stuff.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, it's been classified as a suicide by the coroner.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: And, and then what had, that happened, makes me
1: even angrier. What no, I'm it, angry what, at him.
0: what had happened was that the girlfriend, apparently she pulled the knife out, which I guess was, you know, clearly never the right thing to do. Um, but I guess um, she pulled the knife out or whatever, but be- they were in a, they were fighting and she locked herself in the bathroom and she came out of the bathroom and he said that he was sorry or whatever. And he, and he turned to her and he'd stabbed himself in the chest. And then she apparently pulled the knife out and then he 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 bled out and died. You know, she called the cops and, you know, called paramedics immediately. Um, who knows? I mean, he clearly had a history with depression and drug abuse. So right? I got
1: to say, though, stabbing yourself in the chest is freaking hardcore. Like, that's not how people kill themselves. You use a gun. It's faster. Women tend to use pills and and like slit their wrists. But stabbing yourself through your sternum.
0: No, I, I don't disagree. But I mean, he also did, you know, I mean, Needle in the Hay is maybe the prettiest song about heroin.
1: Yeah, I still like heroin by the uh, Velvet Underground.
0: That's a good song, too. But Needle in the Hay is so pretty.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, he was brilliant. He was seriously even even in just his guitar playing alone was yeah. brilliant. But his lyrics were just amazing.
0: There were They take th-
1: me places like yeah. old bright eyes used to
0: yes exactly and have you heard um um a connor cover um he covered a, a couple of Elliott songs on one of his live albums um which was great um who now connor oberst bright eyes
1: oh you know their real names well
0: well but 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 Connor basically is Bright Eyes. I mean like he basically would almost record all the parts. I mean basically so Right.
1: Well I think of that guy when I say Bright Eyes. Right. I just think of him as Bright Eyes. Which it's makes a better sense. name. Connor's a weird name. Connor Oprah. No, like- um no it's he's
0: great name. though. He he's 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 amazing. But there's a Bright Eyes um um live album and then he does Biggest Lie, which is one of my favorite Elliott Smith songs and um he does a really haunting rendition of it which is really great nice we'll we'll put that in um the show notes it's on motion sickness live recordings of um uh, bright eyes um from 2006 and uh no it's really good
1: nice all right you know what else is a really good name what's that digby <laughs>
0: Yeah it is. It's
1: like a name that sounds like it could be like some preppy kid. But it could also be like a detective in like uh old England or it could be some like street po- like it's a perfect name for just about anybody in my opinion. It really is. I'm actually planning to name my next dog Digby, but my wife does not like it.
0: I like Digby. I like it a lot and then and and, and it reminds me of the great film Igby Igby goes down, but no, Digby is a great. Yes.
1: That was good. Did you ever see Hedwig in the Angry Inch? Yes. I love that movie. I did that too. guy, he's I've seen him since then, the kid from that movie. Yeah. And I can't remember what I just saw him in recently. But he got fat, I think.
0: He did. He did. He totally got fat.
1: I almost didn't recognize him.
0: No, it's one of those weird things where you're like, "Huh."
1: Well, we all get fat. Oh, I I do. You probably don't. You have such a good metabolism.
0: I do have a good metabolism and um my mom would, would totally uh would totally not, not be cool with me getting fat like at all. Like she wouldn't have it.
1: Oh well, my mom isn't. She yells at me every time I go over there. What are you gonna do about that? What are you and she'll like point at my gut. I'm worried about that right there. Yeah. Um but speaking of looking good, you were on the Today Show.
0: Yes. And not
1: just as like a talking head, you actually you were a talking full body, and you actually gave like a, a, well, I do don't know—what do you call it—an interview, a speech? Yeah, a yeah I,
0: did, I did. I did an interview. I was—I was an expert giving them um, tech advice. Um, so basically, and now now before people get too excited, it was during the Hoda and Kathy Lee hour. Um, but Kathy Lee was on vacation this week, so Matt Lauer was. Playing I thought you were going to say sober. <laughs> no, because it was Wine Wednesday, but I didn't get to drink with them. Because this is the thing they say Wine Wednesday, like they drink their asses off on on that hour of the show. Because it's like they and and I love Hoda and Kathy Lee for this. They know that no one's really watching; that it's all old people. So they're just getting drunk off their asses at ten o'clock in the morning on live TV, which to me is commendable and amazing. Um but I mean
1: I do that on pre recorded internet all the time,
0: <laughs> me too, right no but um but but Matt was there, and uh no so basically, the story was and and you know, leave it this is the today show, so it 's not going to be cutting edge stuff, but a woman wrote for the New York Times about how her mom was um over Thanksgiving was the victim of uh you know the ransomware stuff where if you have like a windows computer like. Basically, they will encrypt your hard drive with, like, 256 AES encryption, and they'll be like, if you want access to your stuff, you have seven days to get me $500 in Bitcoin, or else I'm going to delete you, you everything. You know how
1: I know about this?
0: How do you know about this? I
1: watched, uh, I watched a thing on the Today Show.
0: <laughs> yes, starring me. Yeah. Um, no, so anyway, so it was one of those stories where a, a woman her mom was the victim of this stuff and talked about the process of getting things back and so then I was the person that they hauled out to be like, "Okay, Christina, save us. Make sure how can we not have this stuff happen?" So like the four I women- like how
1: I had I never heard about it and then all of a sudden, they were acting like it was a world crisis.
0: Completely. And,
1: and then you saved the day calm and collected. <laughs> and, and, and I don't think you mentioned a Mac once while you were
0: I didn't. And it was so funny because I really wanted to be like flipping and be like, well, you could just get a Mac or a Chromebook. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and it was really funny because they had me out there with this Windows machine, this, this Panasonic Toughbook. And they at one point wanted me to show the audience how to back up your files to Windows. So I actually even did prepare like, to show like the, the, the system restore utility built into Windows 7 to show people how to do that. Uh, fortunately, I think everybody agreed once we were talking about the conversation. I did show a couple of backup websites, but that was it. Um, that that would not make good television to show people how to back up their computer. And then maybe no, people really... wa- and maybe people watching the Today Show aren't going to be taking notes about what to open in Windows to back up their computer. Uh it's not
1: like they don't have time to back up their computer.
0: Well this is true. But it was one of those things. During the pre interview <laughs> woman was asking me, she was like, Well, you know you know, do you back up to an external hard drive or do you back up to the cloud? And I was like, well I do both. But I'm paranoid. She was like, okay. Why I was like you, Why would now? you have to make a choice? Well precisely. Like why yeah. but 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 you know I mean and, and I was kind of selling the cloud you know, thing for people being like, hey, it's like $5 a month, you know, you can restore from another machine, whatever. Um, And, and at that point, people were like, oh, well, and if this had happened, you know, if she'd been backed up, then they wouldn't have had to pay the money, everything would have been fine. I was like, yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, and these ransomware scams have been around for a long time. um, And they keep, I mean, they're terrible, but they're kind of brilliant at the same time, because like, it's, it's awful, because they go after people who, you know know the least but at the same time right but it's sort of genius do those
1: people have good stuff on their computer well that's the point it I suppose matter. it's good to them it's, it doesn't right. matter Well, that's to, the thing yeah. It's like
0: it's their photos you know it's their photos it's their music It's their documents and files and so you know to them I mean to this woman even though um, uh, this woman's mom even though they're trying to convince her mom it's not that big of a deal you haven't done anything on this just don't pay the money <laughs> she still paid the $500 through Bitcoin of all things to get her her stuff unlocked and they do actually unlock it but it's it's kind of amazing that you know these encryption techniques were like tell everybody encrypt everything encrypt everything and it can come back to bite you um but no it was fun i mean i i've 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 been on the today show before but only like a clip of me talking for like half a second has aired and like that was recorded in a room where i was talking to a producer um into a camera and it was like cut into a segment, but this was like live TV with Matt freaking Lauer and Hoda. So yeah, it was kind of awesome.
1: That is awesome. Congratulations.
0: Thank you very much. No, I, I was I was excited. Um, I, I was, uh, and I'm happy with my performance. You know, I said, "Did uh, your hair look good?" My hair did look good, and <laughs> I said, "Uh and um," a whole lot less than I do on this podcast. I was actually because I'm I very conscientious of that when I'm on TV trying to keep that sort of thing to a minimum. And I was very happy that I think I said it twice during the entire segment. And yeah, It makes you
1: human to say it once or twice. Oh, totally. Or I go, uh, (laughs) for a while. Um, (laughs) But what was it? Can you encrypt an encrypted drive? You can, right? Yeah. You can just like wrap someone else's encrypted drive and then hold it for ransom?
0: I guess you could. Yeah.
1: So it really doesn't matter how savvy you are. You could potentially... But you have to – how do no, they good. get to the computer? Is well, it over is pro- a network?
0: No, because what happens is they install some sort of malware. Oh, it's
1: – right, malware. Okay.
0: So this is, why I said, this is why I'm saying email old browser, and I was telling people to update their browser, and Hoda was like, "Now, how do you update your web browser? I've never heard of that. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs>
1: – What's a web browser? And I'm
0: like, use Firefox or, or Chrome. Because and, – and people some, – some IE stalwarts were like, IE is good too. I'm like, look, I'm talking to people who are probably using Windows Vista. If you're using an updated version of IE, absolutely. You're awesome. Way to go. But let's be honest. People who are becoming victims of these things, it's not happening because they're using Chrome.
1: Why has Internet Explorer not come out with a version for OS 10 since, what, like 5.3? I, I, Internet Explorer 3, I think? Or did it go up to, like, 5?
0: I think it went, up, it went up to 5. Um yeah, I think I think five five was the last one. I don't know, probably because
1: Is it just they probably have such a lock on the Windows crowd and it's so much easier for them to distribute updates and things. I imagine it would be a real pain in the butt to try to compete on OS ten.
0: Well, and at this point, why would why would anybody want their rendering engine? I mean the rumor right. is Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the rumor is is that they're developing this new web browser that will replace Internet Explorer in Windows ten and it'll be more Chrome like and it's going to actually be distributed through the Windows App Store rather than through, um, you know, Windows proper. Ironically, you know, keep in mind, the whole reason that the Department of Justice investigated them was because they bundled the web browser with Windows. with The idea right. of being, oh, we can have it as part of the system and it's crucial to the system. Now they're going to still bundle up the system, but ship updates separately through the App Store so that even if people don't update their system, they can still update the app.
1: Well and that's that's a good idea.
0: It is. It mean, is just I mean it's genius but it's just hilarious how much things changed in 15 years.
1: They really never for the longest time had any incentive to make a better browser. No, I mean, they what didn't. was their competition? Netscape? Well, what well, was had, the thing? And they had and a locked-in audience.
0: They had a locked-in audience and and I I mean I've talked to people who were on those teams who basically said after 2001 Microsoft stopped and they didn't really pay attention again until probably you know 2007 or 2008 when firefox was really starting to take off and then they cared a little bit but at that point really what got them caring a lot was mobile web and then they were like oh shit you know like what are we gonna do and then at that point chrome came out and really quickly took over and chrome is now bigger than internet explorer is so you know chrome
1: chrome came out hard and fast
0: I did. It came out in uh, 2008 or 2000. Yeah, 2008. It came out, you know, it was Windows only and it didn't come to Mac until like 2010. But, you know, it once it came out, people were like, damn, doing this. Oh, it was
1: all I heard about. Like I was a web designer at the time it came out. And it was it was just suddenly it went from not existing to being a very major player in the top. It was kind of amazing how fast it caught on. Um, Google does have a lot of power like that. They really
0: do. I mean, being the search engine for the world.
1: I know. Um, And I'm not saying WebKit is the bee's knees. Uh, Gecko is making some progress. Uh, Last Firefox is pretty good. But I wish wish everyone would just use a common rendering engine, preferably WebKit.
0: Totally, or and, I, mean, uh, I mean, maybe yeah, totally. I I don't know where and you are going. develop call
1: it. it's open source; everyone can pitch in. I well, don't know it, that doesn't well, work. In well, the end, no,
0: but. because I mean, Google have forked it. It's now Blink is what they use. Um, right. So I was going to ask where you where you sat on the Blink versus WebKit debacle because at this point it hasn't really diverged that much. Is the JavaScript engines that are basically the differentiating parts, and that's it. But most things will work well on both. But I have started to run into things a little bit where I have issues like where things will look fine in chrome and not great in in safari and that makes me sad because when given the choice i usually would rather use safari i wind up using chrome more often than not but well
1: safari's always been prettier and easier to design for so that's frustrating it's prettier is the big thing what okay what's the big thing
0: i was saying that's the big thing is that safari's pretty oh that's
1: the big thing okay so I am a WebKit guy because I develop for the Mac and I write an application that depends entirely on WebKit. Right. Um, So that's what I know and that's what I love, but I do write a lot of JavaScript and I am... Blink is fast. (laughs) Uh, The, the, Yeah, you get a couple workers going and it it keeps up really well. Um, And I wish that we could see... I don't need everyone to jump in and have one browser, but I wish there was like a common ground because uh, there's no web designer in the world who wishes there were 17 different fragmented browsers. Like uh, the web would be a better place if you only had to design a site once.
0: It would be. It would be. But
1: we'd all be out of jobs. But
0: well, no, because it's the same thing that we saw, you know, when Netscape first came out, you know, people wrote to Netscape spec Uh and then Internet Explorer came out and introduced a lot of things, frankly, that were good. I mean, we all give ie shit as we right, should but then
1: we had to put buttons on our site that said this site does not work in netscape well no this but, site will only work e-.
0: well to- totally or looks best in but I mean but the thing is i mean like you know internet explorer shipped css first and did a lot of things with that but like between those you know they were figuring stuff out as it came along so you can understand the early days why things were fragmented and, you know then you had links of all things and you had oh, yeah. opera and you had you know omni browser and you had all kinds of stuff and um now, and links. Yeah, it, yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, now <laughs> it's just text, but you've got to make sure that it's, it's rendering right for text. And so, you know, and some, well, some of the gopher uh, browsers. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. That's what I love about this whole, like the history of the web is very much this rugged pioneer story yes. because like the original, like hypertext idea was, it, I mean, you can still find these, these pages out there and, and that are basically just text with links and it was brilliant. It was, and what we did since then to get to where we are now—it's an amazing journey.
0: It is, it I is. Love it. I do too. So, if you're not listening to it already, I'm going to pimp his podcast. I was actually on it um, last week, but it was really. Uh, oh, he's got a cute picture of me up on his thing too. Um, it's called um, Internet, the Internet History Podcast, and it's amazing. Um, uh, Brian McCullough does it, and he talks to a lot of people every year. I mean, not every year, every week. Um, people who were part of the web of the early days and basically going back in time twenty years, talking about like the early days of the browser, you know, talking to people he's talked interviewed, you know, a lot of members of the first Netscape team with the first Internet Explorer team, nice. people who worked for Hotwire, people who did the first banner ads. Like he's had some really amazing interviews. Um That would be so much fun. And um uh, you know, talking to early content companies, it's an awesome, awesome podcast. And so if you're not listening to it, the Internet History Podcast, listen to it. I was on a recent episode, but that, that was an analysis episode. You don't even have to bother with my stuff. Just listen to the other stuff because it's seriously, seriously good.
1: Nice. Um, yeah, I was going to say there's a hidden API, not hidden, but private API in Yosemite, uh, that uh, is WebKit two,
0: right? It's what right. the
1: App Store uses.
0: Yes, and well, and that's that's part of what they ship um, with. If you download, um, I guess uh, the WebKit from like webkit.org or whatever, they've got the WebKit. 2. Right, and that and that was the whole reason that they forked Blink. Right, it was that Google was like, screw WebKit. Apple's 2. so
1: far behind. Right, they're like, um, screw well, this. I don't. I honestly don't know what that debate would be because I'm still. I mean, Apple just uh re-upped the whole API for WebKit to like the WK WebKit or the WK WebView. And so I'm having to rewrite a lot of stuff already. And I'm wishing that I could just access and see what the big deal is about WebKit too. But But given that it's what the App Store app is running and I don't like the App Store app, right. I'm a little worried about it.
0: No, totally. Well, I it was something, and I remember reading the rationale on some of the, the Chrome documents, like when Chrome forked Blink. There was some sort of problems on the, on the WebKit list and some of the other things that I think a lot of it had to do with JavaScript handling, and some of it had to do with some of the WebWorker stuff. And I think just they felt like they couldn't get fast enough the way they wanted to, and there seemed to be some, like, huge differences between how WebKit 2 is developing and what Google wanted to do. But I think they have different priorities. Well, they definitely had different priorities. And, and you know, Google wants <laughs> to look Go- at
1: their websites historically.
0: Oh, without Google a doubt. has
1: always been one of the ugliest sites on the web, but also the most popular. And Apple has always been one of the prettiest and often the, the not one of the most easy to navigate.
0: Right. I mean, but also, or you know, G- Google's on a lot more devices, too. And I think that their big thing was that, you know, they have their own JavaScript engine, and, and obviously Apple has theirs, and Google's wanting to push their things forward. And then at a certain point, I do understand, you know, it's an open source project, but when – you know um a, a a a party to that project google in this case is now way bigger than safari is um, and they're probably putting in more developer time, more support, more other things into it and then they don't have any sort of you know governance role in the project and, and the direction it's going, even though they're yeah. the biggest user. I totally understand why that would be frustrating why we, you would want a fork. It's just frustrating oh, absolutely like, it's just frustrating for, for users and developers when now you've got to think about okay, does this prefix work in blink and in WebKit? Or does it not? Because <laughs> it's been bad enough with the Mozilla stuff. Mozilla's learned to accept WebKit stuff. And, and, and to its credit, Microsoft really has too, uh, which I'm sure kills them because, you know, that's part of the problem with a lot of this stuff is you write something in CSS3 or in HTML5 or whatever, and it's got to, you know, you've got to make sure that, it, that it'll work in these other browsers, and most people just write right. for WebKit. They don't care about anything else.
1: That See, that's why, like, I, I used to, even a year ago, well, 13 months ago I was still testing websites across IE7 and up mm-hmm. uh all the way through like we had to do Opera yep because Opera was big on mobile right and yeah like it was it was a huge pain so I started working entirely for a while on my blog which is very apple based and my my traffic is 87% split between Safari and Chrome, basically WebKit and then like 20% Firefox. And I just kinda I check it once in a while. But I understand the the drive. I mean it's just like the old days when we would we'd put up the does not work in IE <laughs> stickers on the site, like go get a better browser. Exactly.
0: Um, because exactly. Because we all
1: thought Netscape was awesome back then. Not right. all of us, but
0: well, the browse happy thing. But no, um I liked I liked Netscape better until IE 3.5 and then IE4. Was the one where I won't lie. That was the one where they introduced Netscape Four, was Netscape Communicator, which was dog. That was terrible. And IE Four was freaking good. IE Four in Windows was awesome, and they they kicked Netscape's ass. Simple as that. But what um, version of Windows was that? Ninety five. Ninety five.
1: All right.
0: Um, in ninety eight they had it too, but ninety five was the first one I remember using it on. Ugh, so ninety eight. Ninety eight um, was where I quit. But um. Me was where I, well no I used XP but me was really where I quit, but um, my husband so he's a, a web developer at the Daily Dot, and he has to deal with making sure everything looks good on tablets and on mobile and on and all these web browsers are on the front end right, but on the back right end, and that's
1: bad enough device right,
0: fragmentation right but on the Sorry, back but on the back end for their CMS which is it was just Django which he really does a lot of stuff on they've got to the point they really only code it for Chrome. To the point that yeah. there's, they have somebody who works there who insists on using Opera, and Opera at this point <laughs> uses Chromium, but it doesn't work right, and so they had to write a, spe- a special script that if they notice the user agent is Opera, they basically like it won't run, because yeah, AOL it was, did that too, because it was causing like so many problems. They
1: demand WebKit,
0: yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you know, and and I I guess you could use Safari, but even even Safari, I think that they're like, we don't want to bother with it. We just want to do Chrome and be done with it. Because there are weird problems with the CMS where they're like, we can't, you know, they've got, to, they spend enough time, you know, doing development on the front end. I mean, you know this, this is what you did your la- your last day job um, before you went indie. Like, you were doing very similar stuff to what Grant does. And, you know, it's bad enough to have to deal with it on the front end of your site if you're a big, you know, um, news site. But it's on the back end, those are things you can control, and in that case, they're telling Right, because you have
1: like fifty to a hundred users, and you you control their VPNs so exactly. You can and, usually... you can, <laughs>
0: and you can be like, dude, no, you know, you you've got to use Chrome. But it was so funny that they were having this problem; they were trying to figure out some of their slugs and things that were happening, and it was an Opera problem. Even though Opera uses Chromium, it was doing this weird thing, and this one like person they kept insisting on using opera and so they had to write a whole script basically to like not let the person log in if they're using opera
1: i'd be curious about their rationale but this is this little segment has gone on i think too long i think it has i think it's making my head hurt. This episode of Overtired is brought to you by Backblaze.com. You can check it out at Backblaze.com Overtired. It's five bucks a month for unlimited, unthrottled, totally secure backup. Uh, it's something you don't have to think twice about. It just runs in the background, and when you need it, it's there to save your butt. And there are plenty of companies out there that will charge you way more for way less storage. And with this, it's as much as you need to get your computer into the safety of remote cloud backup. So thanks to Backblaze for supporting Overtired and check it out at Backblaze.com slash Overtired. I was gonna I was gonna segue it into talking about the Marco Arment and uh, Apple shitty gate thing. Yeah. But I I don't know if I'm tech talked out now or not.
0: I wanna hear I wanna hear your thoughts. I mean basically give us the high level overview of like what happened if anybody wasn't listening to podcasts or reading Apple News last week
1: how about you give us the high level over overview because i'm kind of on the outskirts
0: okay so basically marco wrote a blog post about how apple loses has lost the functional high ground this is now like 10 11 days ago and if you go to the the link he regrets having published it the reason he regrets it is because of how completely out of proportion people took it like people were talking about his blog post on cnbc which Says a few things about CNBC and about the state of media, but that's a whole other conversation. But basically, the idea, and a lot of people have been writing about this, is that Apple's software has become less reliable and buggier over the last few years, is, is kind of the, the thesis. That things that used to be really solid and really good now aren't. And people are getting concerned because they're like, should I really stay? Is the Mac really that much better? You know, is iPhone really that much better? Why am I still here? And is it just becoming as gross as Windows? Um,
1: no, I can answer that in one word.
0: I, I completely agree. But it is <laughs> worth saying that there are issues with, you know, people have had a lot of issues. Glenn Fleischman like, um, cultivated a post of all the problems he's had with Yosemite. Um, and there there are a lot of people who have been kind of having these sorts of problems. Where there there are issues that have happened with the Mac now that seem to maybe not have been there a few releases ago. And I think most of us would agree that uh, Snow Leopard was probably, like, the best OS X ever.
1: Yeah. You know what, though? Here's the thing. The thing of it is, I, I didn't have... Every time, every time I've upgraded, since I, I started using a Mac in the Tiger days, and every time I've upgraded the OS, things have gone horribly wrong, mostly because I do horrible things to my computers. Right. You know, like, I've always blamed myself... Yosemite was the first time I ever had a flawless upgrade. Nothing broke, nothing stopped working. It was for me. And I've, you know, I can acknowledge the problems that people are seeing, but they don't affect my workflow. And for me Yosemite is I I'm tempted to stop developing marked for even for Mavericks. I'm I'm not going to do that. But it's so everything is Prettier and faster, and I enjoy all of the the handoff stuff, which is sketchy sometimes. But I, I think there's a lot of the problem is there's a lot of good ideas, and they're not all fully fleshed out. But that's the way Apple is, they've gone into uh, kind of an iterative, like release and iterate mode, which is, you know, detrimental in most cases, and, and probably in this case. Uh, and I'm hoping it doesn't continue to affect hardware right uh, and you know only software because i don't know i've always been the guy that says okay so this new os looks very different and everyone's you know on the internet talking about how much they hate it and what a big mistake this is and i'm always the guy that says sit back give it two weeks you know you'll get used to it you'll forget your last operating system and then you can get ready to be mad when the next one comes out and i i just i'm not a complainer I don't – I appreciate people who are very critical. I do appreciate it. But I just – I don't have that kind of – I'd rather see what I can do with what I have. And that makes me kind of a loner out there.
0: No, totally. Um, And I, I haven't had many issues with Yosemite either. I mean, honestly, it's been really solid for me. But like Glenn Fleischman, our friend Glenn, wrote a blog post where he basically, you know, outlined some of the issues that he's had um software and services that apple needs to fix focusing largely on on os 10. um ios has some issues too but some of the things he's talking about that a lot of people have said are like the general reliability having to reboot the laptop more frequently um massive accumulation of paging files um which i've definitely seen on a macbook air older ones um network shares and printers disappear um there's this 50 foot save sheet thing that apparently happens I haven't
1: seen that, but I know Default Folder X came out with a fix for it.
0: Yes, exactly. Well, I think because we use Default Folder X. We have, oh, maybe. It's never we have, stopped. Exactly, because I don't see the default share sheet like ever. Like, Yeah, no. Because I love Default Folder X. It's like one of my favorite apps. Like seriously, like I love that app so much. Um, screen sharing slowdowns. I have had some issues with that. Messages having problems. Wait, that's what got, kind, of, what uh, kind of screen
1: sharing issues are you seeing?
0: So basically like back to my Mac stops working half the time.
1: You use Back to My Mac?
0: Sometimes I do, yeah. Huh.
1: I I just I always use VNC and I use VNC across machines running everything from Mountain Lion to Yosemite. And I have noticed some uh lag
0: yes. that and wasn't noticed, there before. I've noticed that with VNC as well. Uh, I do sometimes use back to my Mac just in a pinch but yeah vnc sometimes i'll use too i've also had issues just find finding stuff like on the local network um and having access to those things if i'm on the same network with something like it'll just disappear which is weird um like i'll be in in a system and then i'll be like booted out of it and it's is bizarre um he talks about messages having problems i've haven't really had many issues with that but i know a lot of people have spaces I've, I've,
1: you, like uh long delays yeah I've actually found Messenger uh, – or Messages, sorry, on Yosemite to be way more um, prompt than it, my iPhone.
0: Precisely. Precisely. I found that too. Um, and, and the Messages issues, I think they, that's really kind of – that goes back and forth with iOS as well. Um, basically, some people says, you know that there's a lot of mail issues. I've actually – mail has been better <laughs> on Yosemite for me.
1: I haven't used mail for years. <laughs>
0: I I use mail all the time, but, um, you know, Gmail had some um, massive issues with uh, Mavericks, but they've seemed to be worked out for the most part. A lot of people are complaining about Wi-Fi. People, you know, iTunes, My Wi-Fi was
1: fixed by Yosemite. I used to, on my air, like, Bluetooth would stop my Wi-Fi connection. I couldn't have Bluetooth and Wi-Fi at the same time, (laughs) but now it's fixed. I have, however, had this thing in the last two weeks where... I'll go through days where my computer will completely lock for about 15 seconds. And I can move the mouse, but nothing on the screen responds. And And then all of a sudden it'll let up. And I've sat and I've watched processes and I've tried to figure out what's doing this and I've not figured it out. I did find corruption on my hard drive that I think is probably from some of the bizarre scripts I run, but that one's worrying me. You know what the best thing I ever did, though, since Yosemite came out? The best thing I ever did in the last year, um, it, it the uh local time machine backups. Really? That's hundreds of gigabytes of space. And suddenly I don't I, like, I, I was at a point where I was like swapping stuff out to off my air onto external hard drives daily. And now I don't have to worry about it. I, I still do my backups. My computer's almost always on a Wi Fi network, mm-hmm. uh, like a local one because I don't leave the home much. But, uh, so it's not a big deal, and I didn't realize how much space Time Machine was killing on my drive because it doesn't show up in most disk reporting programs.
0: Exactly. Daisy but if you Disc- turn off
1: local backups, you get it all back.
0: No, totally. Daisy Disk does um, show it up, but you've got to use the non-Mac App Store version.
1: Yeah, that's actually how I discovered where all my space was, was Daisy Disk.
0: I love that app so much. And what's uh, that was one of those apps that I bought from the Mac App Store, and then um, he was nice enough to convert it. <laughs> to, but it uh, again. No, he was actually nice enough to convert it to a a non-Mac App Store version for me.
1: Yeah, uh, I've done that with a few things. There are some, actually. RegXRX, I bought twice, which it's an amazing regular expression tester. Um, Love it. There's so many good ones. But anyway, yeah.
0: Oh, I should note and, and they are not a sponsor, but I'm just going to call this out because it, we've got it for, you know, depending on when this episode goes up, it should still be good. But we mentioned Default Folder X, which is a fantastic app. It's part of the Mac Heist bundle that's happening right now, which is like 15 bucks. So, if you're listening to this and I'm um, assuming Mac Heist is still happening, um they've got four more days as we're recording this. Default Folder X is part of it, and frankly, it's $15 and for for Default Folder X um alone, Total Finders in there too, but for Default Folder X um alone i'm a i'm a pretty big fan
1: it's yeah, i love default folder x because you forget you have it exactly it just it makes things better makes things work you know in a very customizable way and you get used to having it and you forget what it was like without it.
0: Same. And then I have like a, a keyboard shortcut um, to a certain folder, to a Dropbox folder, to a screenshots folder that I have like a key command that I set. And I know you can do that with the keyboard maestro and with, with um, you know, different scripts and with text Spanner, with lots of things. But it's one of those things for default folder X. It's one of my favorite folders. And... I can hit it anywhere on the desktop, any app, any any place I am, and it immediately opens up a Finder instance in that folder, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. I also like how you can designate favorite folders for different apps, and it yeah and, I, yeah
1: default you can have default folders per app exactly, which I love. But I actually I save everything that I do to my desktop, <laughs> so I just have it set to always flip to the desktop. Um, because I use it as kind of an inbox and then I sort later. And I use I I can tag my files and they just float into folders for me, which is nice. But um yeah, it's uh I, I control option dash or like uh minus key um is my drafts folder for my blog and it's when it's the only folder that I use other than my desktop. So yeah, in any app I can just hit control option dash and save files to my drafts folder and I love that
0: yeah my mine is control um control option um s I think or, or no it's it's control option d and it it opens up my screenshot folder and yeah exactly it's a similar thing so yeah
1: um, what uh what is the general sentiment towards mac Heist these days? There seem to be a lot of quotes on this site about how people are back in line with the idea of these bundles yeah because they got a lot of bad they get a lot of flack for a while, and I was kind of It's kind of with it. I haven't actually looked at Mac Heist for years.
0: You know, I was with it and I wasn't. I was with it in the context of, okay, I can understand that people are saying, oh, this devalues software and this and that. Except, except, and I think this is a very important thing, um, you know, if it's a marketing expense, which I think is how people use it. And if it's going to be a marketing expense, then giving your software away for a lesser price I think can be really good.
1: Yeah, the only the only downside I've learned and and the reason I I've gone back myself to selling in bundles is uh well no, not the reason, but despite this, um you you get a lot of users who buy your software and don't even know what it is because they bought something else. They exactly. bought the bundle for another reason and then you end up doing customer support for people who literally never read your web page. Right. Never saw they just opened it up and didn't know what it did and then they <laughs> sent you a support request which is, you know, nice, uh, better than bad reviews. But um, other than that, like it's a spike in sales. Mm-hmm. And like last time I did a bundle or I just did a like a smile promo 40% off sale um, that uh, it actually it spiked sales for three days, uh, like three times normal and raised my uh, ranking in the app store, which had dropped down into the three digits, raise it back up into the 20s. And which is, you know, good for extended long tail sales and bundles have always done that for me, too, lately. There's only been one bad bundle experience I've had in the last year. Who is um, that with? And, and it wasn't.
0: Ta- want to talk about it?
1: We're not. No, I don't. OK. I don't. It was. I don't know. I haven't figured out what happened there yet. But uh, when I do, we'll talk about it.
0: OK. But I'm other always... than
1: that, like, <laughs> you're always what?
0: I'm always curious. I, want, I always want the drama.
1: I'm trying to remember exactly. I think it was like a. Oh yeah, it was a pay what you want bundle.
0: Ah, okay, gotcha. That doesn't
1: work. People don't pay what I want. No, they don't. They pay what they want. Well,
0: that's the whole thing, exactly. (laughs) No one's going to pay what you want. They're going to be like,
1: I will pay you 99 cents for 10 apps.
0: (laughs) No, totally. And it's like, oh, you just have to beat the, you know, and you just have to beat the average for it to be decent. And it's like, okay.
1: (laughs) And that's just a suggestion. Right You can still buy it for 99 cents and drop the average down for everyone else. You'd be doing the public a favor, right
0: right. Postbox
1: yeah. is in this Mac Heist bundle Postbox is it's little, such little a brilliant piece too. of software stuck on stuck in java
0: I know, I know and stuck and in an Thunderbird. runner Thunderbird, my God no um and um assuming that they sell the number they need to sell, which obviously they will because they always do um little snitch is going to be there too, which is cool.
1: Yeah. I haven't I haven't used little snitch for a long time. I, I haven't just either set up firewalls. Same instead.
0: here, same here. I have like well, little... I got
1: I got less worried about what was phoning home and more worried about what was phoning me. Like it used to Little Snitch was great when you wanted to know what apps were like reporting on you and stuff. But exactly as I've grown to like I guess my collection of software is kind of boutique and I trust like I know almost every developer for the software I run. So I'm not worried about that anymore. I'm just worried about, you know. That I have a public-facing website that no one knows about, and someday one of these little scanner scrapers is going to find the right port, and then I'm going to realize that I'm really bad at security.
0: Yeah, and and for me, I guess the biggest reason I don't use Little Snitch really anymore is that I I pay for Photoshop now. I pay for the the, the Creative Cloud, the fifty dollars a month or whatever. Sure. So you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm honest actually, I'm
0: honest you guys. I'm honest. I I'm, I'm going to say what everybody else is thinking. <laughs> I my, I I'm no longer pirate Photoshop.
1: My host file, my etc host file is so full of um Adobe
0: yes. Blocked URLs. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. No, with the same <laughs> same here and then and then there're like little scripts I mean it's it's ridiculous. Uh but yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I always feared that one day I'll run an upgrade that will like modify the host file, and all of a sudden all my stuff will phone home.
0: Um, I, I can kind maybe, of maybe
1: tell- maybe I should run Little snatch.
0: I, I can kind of tell you from um uh, people I've talked to. Let's just say close to uh, close to Adobe, that's never going to happen. No. No, and they know they're they're not stupid. They're completely aware. Well, they aware. charge
1: such an exorbitant amount for the native versions.
0: They do. You
1: know, historically they historically have. they have. I think they have to expect it.
0: That's why I get the Creative Cloud now. I paid the fifty dollars a month for the twice a year I use Illustrator or something, but I should just pay ten dollars a month and get app or get Lightroom, uh, Photoshop, and um, uh, there's something else I think. It's Lightroom and Photoshop, and then you get like Drive Storage and the Behance Pro stuff, and it's like ten dollars a month. It's like yeah, sixty bucks that. a year, and that's for and that's for the the always updating version. So you always get the latest and greatest, and you can have it on two machines at once, which is awesome. And the thing is, you can install it on more than two machines. It can just only be active on two machines. So if you're not logged in to more than two machines at the exact same time, you can really put it anywhere. And what's cool is that like you can like literally log in and all of your preferences, like all of your swatches and and your brushes and all that stuff carry over when you log into somebody else's machine it'll sync you can sync your settings
1: that's cool as if i ever did photoshop work on anyone else's machine but um i, I i've really i've been moving like with sketch
0: yes uh, Sketch sketches replaced so
1: illustrator for me yeah um and i've been playing with the affinity designer but um acorn has done wonders for me once you get good at acorn once you
0: get good at acorn it's really good my problem with with acorn still is is there are certain things um i do like their masking stuff like removing backgrounds and i do like their alpha channel stuff the problem is for certain types of product shots if i'm trying to make a composite it's just not as finely grained as photoshop and so i get that and and so i could probably make it better and i could probably even talk to gus and get better at it it's just it's faster for me to just use photoshop
1: how is development on um Uh, what was the other something ater, uh, the other, it was like the dark version of Uh, a pixel meter pixel meter. Yeah. How's that? Is that one still heavily developed?
0: Yeah, it is. In fact, they released a new version last year, but they also just came out on the iPad and, um, have done really, really well on the iPad. Um, but no, I mean, honestly, I felt bad. Like pixel is now at 3.31 and, i've felt really terrible about it i like bought it a, a one time speaking of mac heist i got it from a mac heist bundle like 1.0 and i haven't i hadn't paid for an upgrade i think until i don't even know when i finally bought another copy just because i felt bad i was like i've been using this app um for so many years for free i need to just pay for an upgrade <laughs> um so i bought it but yeah that that's uh no they a guilt purchase well, I mean I just figured I got so much out of it. You know, it's kind of the similar thing with, with Textmate, I think I got through a Mac Heist bundle too, and I bought you know a, a license directly from, from Alan because You're a rare breed. I am. I am. But but you know, but you you spend a ton on, on people's software, like you spend a ton of time with software and you're like, damn, you know, I'm gonna be like doing Oh, I'm this. totally
1: that way. I I I buy I buy software that I think is a good idea even if I'm not gonna use it. Completely plus, you know, like I kind of make part of my living from writing about software exactly so i kind of have an excuse to just go and try everything even if it means buying things plus i get so much for free
0: same i get and 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 i love software i don't know about you i love software
1: it's absolutely my favorite thing in the world without a doubt then my wife and then pitbulls but software wins
0: (sighs) no i i love 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 software so much and so yeah i mean why not
1: so i i'm I'm totally my brain just jumped rails it, this isn't even intentional and not premeditated, but I okay, so something happened to my Chrome install today, okay, and we're not going to get back on web browsers, but something happened, and all of my preferences for all of my plugins across all my machines were just disappeared.
0: Yes, this has happened to me. it's the most oh it's, it's oh.
1: and I have a lot of plugins. I spent yes. probably forty 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 five minutes to an hour. Uh Just going through my extensions page and clicking every options button to re relog into all the services and set up them but one of the things I lost was um uh keyboard shortcut maestro um shortcut manager I think it's 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 easier than that uh shortcut manager is where I have like all of my bookmarklets that I use the most often, like deli bar and Spillo, and then all of my own like answered and stuff like that. I have shortcut keys, option number keys for most of them. Uh, double taps. And uh, they all disappeared. And in the process of putting them back together, I realized that I've had this trick that I've been using for a couple years. Uh, it's a little bookmark that I wrote called Search Focus. Yeah, I wrote it in Ju- July of 2012. And I use it every day. And I completely forgotten that it was custom until I lost the keyboard shortcut. I always had it on control f- forward slash. Control forward slash and that jumps and any web page, it'll jump to the first search field it sees and scroll the page to that search field um, with your cursor ready to go. And it's so handy because that's the first, I'll, I'll scan a page and then immediately I'll go to search. So that's why I wrote it. And I'm going to link it because I discovered today that it's probably the greatest thing I've ever done. In fact, even at the time I wrote it, the blog post was titled. Search focus, the most useful bookmarklet I've ever made at 3:21 a.m.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm just
1: I'm I'm plugging a free thing that I made, and I'm gonna give it to everybody. Awesome. Everyone wants this.
0: No, I mean I, I remember reading that blog post, and I don't think I've ever used it. But now that you've talked to me about it, I'm definitely gonna like. I'm going to I'm going to adopt this because it doesn't
1: seem uber useful like when you talk about it, but once you get once you assign a keystroke to it you'll find like and you'll get used to like, oh, I just scrolled to a search box. I didn't need to. Next time I'll use search focus. And once you start doing it, it just you can't imagine having to scroll to the top of the page, scan for the search box, click it, and especially now that everyone's hiding them. Yes. So like you have to click the magnifying glass. This as long as the input field is actually there, this will focus it.
0: And and that yeah, which which uh yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Because I do use search all the time for things like that. And you're right, people do hide that stuff and it's frustrating.
1: Half the time, I just give up and do a bang search in DuckDuckGo for the current site.
0: Yeah, same. (laughs) same. Which I also
1: have a bookmarklet for, but. Oh, DuckDuckGo. I love
0: DuckDuckGo. I want to go work
1: for DuckDuckGo.
0: You'd be good. I feel like
1: DuckDuckGo is Google, it's Google in the early days. It is. They're forging territory that may have already been forged before, but doing it for the good of humanity
0: yeah I think the big problem is I mean they do some of their own you know searches and some of their own stuff, but they're basically just using Google and Bing results is kind of their yeah. problem
1: well, actually, I figured out where they were getting the results from um it's an api it's the only api left on the web that's right. at all affordable, but it still costs too much uh for like an individual user um I can't remember what it was called now i'll I'll see if I can find it again but it, yeah they're they're Still interpreting results, and the the things they're doing with the instant search and the instant answers, and um, and they're replicating to a pretty good extent Google's image and video top searches. Yes, they are. So I'm um, yeah I'm I'm fine with it. I, I'll I'll say that probably maybe even twice a day I'll do a bang G search, which like searches Google from DuckDuckGo, but it hides all of your referral and. And tracking information.
0: Right. Which is so useful. So it's a
1: clean search.
0: Right. Well, especially is,
1: if you want to know what actually ranks on Google and not what Google thinks you want to see. Right.
0: Which that's was a the great whole Which was it. which was the whole point of Google to begin with was that they weren't supposed to be showing us this cruft. They were supposed to be showing us right. like the clean stuff and now it's so customized to all get out. It's like nobody sees the same thing. It's like that's actually not useful, Google. I wanna see stuff that not don't don't show me what I've already looked for, what I've already clicked on, because that probably didn't work. So I don't want that did, stuff to come up to the top again.
1: Did you ever read the bubble effect post that uh that DuckDuckGo did? Yes. It was um like it did they did I actually took part in the survey, but they had a few hundred people go to like the same search on Google without yes. clearing their browser. No, and, so
0: it was stunning.
1: Like one person would get like nothing but Fox News articles. And the other person would get nothing but MSNBC articles and you had no idea what the rest of the world was doing because you were literally in a bubble.
0: Right. And and to me, like, I understand personalizing stuff and showing you the right things. But sometimes it just becomes confirmation bias and it just becomes, you know, like regurgitating the same ideas, which is not useful for anyone.
1: Right. No, I, I find that very unuseful. It's the last thing I want when I search the Web.
0: Yeah, I don't want I don't I, want to I th-
1: use pinboard to find things that I already know.
0: Precisely. Or I can use my Google like search history or like browser history you know what i mean since they've <laughs> or like... or
1: hey um uh uh fetching did i tell you about fetching
0: no tell me about fetching
1: uh it, you remember history hound yes i think it was michael sy did that
0: yes um i loved history hound it was hound.
1: uh yeah me too I and mean, i guess there's a new version out but i kind of lost track of it and then fetching came out and it's basically it's a it's a node app that you can run hosted or locally and it uses just a straight up Mongo database, and if you're good at querying databases you can it's got an API you can do a lot of stuff with but at its on on the surface you you install a browser plugin and any and all browsers you use you leave uh, fetching running in the background and it does uh what history hound would do and it would just it just records the full text of every website you visit uh, and you can you can filter you can blacklist websites, you can do whatever you need and then you can do tagging and bookmarking and stuff and As a special treat, I have a coupon for 30% off of fetching. Um, I'll post it on the show because it has a limited number of uses, but I think that it has a limited enough overall appeal uh, that they won't get used up on my blog. So I will stick that in the show notes, and I'll double check before this goes live and see if it's any good. But yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: That is one of those things like I loved History Hound for that reason because there are things like – especially for people like me who my memory is basically photographic in a lot of ways and that I'll see – I can see the, where the text was on a page and I'm like, God, what what page was this? And then rather than going through my caches or other stuff, like having something like like Fetching or History Hound where you can basically just say, OK, I know that I saw this sometime in the last couple of days. Right. And it's
1: so rare – it's so rare that I actually bookmark the thing that I'm going to think I need tomorrow. Same. I'll bookmark things that have been sitting open in my browser for a couple of days because I'm referencing them or I really want to reference them. But there are so many things that I just scan through, exactly, and then a day later, like it'll become relevant to me and I can't find it. Then,
0: I know that's and that's like the very real problem that I have. I'm like, oh, I had this and I totally like, I know I saw this. Where was this? And then, and it's scary if you have to go back through like 500 pages that you visited. And like basically seeing c- all the time you wasted on the internet.
1: The perfect example in another context is the Facebook app on iPhone. <laughs> which always, always opens up to an article that I start reading and, and really want to see, or like a really cute picture, and then as soon as it finishes loading, zips up to the top and yes! that article disappears. And that what has- the hell?
0: I hate that. And I'm like, no, I wanted to see that and then like yes and then and then it's like, gone. like I
1: know they control what comes on my wall. I know they filter and sort and do all kinds of stuff, but you can't show me something one second and then just take it off my wall.
0: No, because now I want to see it and there's no way for me to go back because I'm like There's no
1: freaking search. No, you can't find not. that stuff.
0: No, because you're just gonna find a million other things that have been sticking there. It's it's insane.
1: Yeah. It's like trying to find the real Jenna Hayes page. It doesn't work. <laughs>
0: Uh, that is always one of my favorite things when you're trying to find someone and and, and and like they've got like sixteen different like page results. You're like, okay, what's the real one?
1: Right. I just I I don't like pages. I don't like follow- I like friends. Yeah. Pages feel stalker to me. Or I have like, a page.
0: I have a page, but um, I don't update it, obviously. And now that I'm like verified or whatever, or I've been verified for years, but uh, look at me, so special. Um, I can uh, I've been verified for years. People can subscribe to me. No, I know. Shut up. Um, I'm verified, but 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 here's the great thing: I'm verified, but they have this special app just for famous people to use, for verified people to use. Even though I'm verified, I can't use the app because I'm not that special. It basically told me when I tried to use it. Yeah, you're you're not eligible for this app. Because you're like not Kim Kardashian or something. It's pretty awesome. So even though I'm verified, does their app show them all
1: their posts on their wall? Is that the difference?
0: Um, It's more like Twitter in that it can like let them ask questions to people and and have more like one-on-one contact versus kind of the current way of using it, which is I don't know.
1: I I have a page for my dog. We've talked about that. We have talked about that, which is awesome and i like i like my friends pages just to show support but i don't think i don't think i get any news or updates on my wall from any pages is that weird should i
0: no is
1: there any good stuff out there not really yeah yeah i mean basically it's like a way of collecting badges kind of like this is what i like <laughs> which is kind of what facebook is like i you build your Your persona, your identity based on like your favorite books and your favorite movies. And it used to be a lot more heavy in that area. Now it's more photo based. But like it's 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 addicting because you want to you start to feel like you're showing people who you really are, but you get to curate it and you keep doing it and you keep adding and you're like, oh, yeah, and I have this broad range of tastes and everyone should come like me. And then you find out that 400 friends is not that many. Yeah. And, and you just give up if you're me.
0: That's how I feel. I'm like, I gave I, up years ago. I keep thinking that I'm going to go and like filter out all of my Facebook friends and just get rid of people. I, and then I'm no, like, just no, just make a close friends list. I've, that, that's basically what I've done.
1: I just, anyone who says something that I think is really funny, I'll, I'll go ahead and flip them onto the close friends list so that I actually see what they're doing. And then when they say too much dumb stuff, I just take them off. And I, I don't even look at any other lists i have I have hundreds of people on Facebook whose posts I never see
0: same hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
1: yeah i I have very mixed feelings i I do not like Facebook as a company anymore. I do enjoy Facebook, though. I will never delete my account or or threaten to. right uh, because I'm careful about what I put there. right? And I understand that when I put it there, it's technically Facebook's property because I've read. Those agreements, Uh, most of them, (laughs) Um, because they change like every freaking week. But um, I, uh, I, I guess I feel like it's detrimental in some ways, but it's really actually one of my favorite things to do in the evening is just to sit down and go through all the posts of all my friends at the end of the day. I cannot deny that that is very enjoyable. Twitter I watch all day. Twitter I'm active on.
0: Yeah, Twitter. Facebook
1: is more of a once a day enjoy browsing thing.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Um, except um, I have um, you know the Facebook Messenger app. There are a number of people that I communicate to primarily that way, and it is. I am actually I I've come around on agreeing that they should have separated the mobile apps as, as much as I was kind of like meh, that sucks. Now I kind of get it because there are people that I do chat with all day in Facebook Messenger who I'm kind of glad I don't have to have like the Facebook app itself open on my phone.
1: Right, but. You realize that the Facebook app is one of the biggest battery hogs on your phone, and then they split it off and made the second biggest battery hog on a phone. So if you run Facebook and Messenger I know. in the background, I know, all day I, and you leave like location services on. and Well, stuff, if I screwed. turn
0: off that stuff, so I'm good. But yeah, I mean, yeah, but I do love the I do love the Facebook Messenger stickers.
1: <laughs> I hate those. I love like, them. I, I, I feel like it's a paradox of uh, of choice for me. Like there's just – I don't have the time to find the really cool ones that I feel really express any sentiment. But
0: David Lanham so has designed a whole bunch of stickers and that's ones. amazing. Yeah. 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 David Lanham has a bunch of packs. There's like a bun pack and there's all kinds of stuff. And then like Adventure Time has a pack and like the regular show and like there's all kinds of awesome, awesome sticker okay. packs.
1: Okay. That does sound pretty cool. I'll have to... <laughs> and, and they're mo- they're free, right? Yeah.
0: They're completely free.
1: They make it look like you can buy them, but then they're like, oh, no no dollars.
0: Exactly. It's like they, it's like they want us to know we could charge for them.
1: <laughs> and we probably will someday. We probably will someday.
0: But for now, screw it. Nice. Cool. Well, this is a good show, Brett.
1: You want to hear what Facebook picked out of all my favorite TV shows to put at the top of my profile? I do. All right. Colbert Report, which is justified, Daily Show Justified Weeds, I kind of binge watched, I don't know, The Incredible Hulk, which is amazing. I, well, that was my favorite childhood show. It was, it was one of the only show. ones I was allowed to watch. But anyway, MacGyver and Tales from the Crypt.
0: Tales from the Crypt, that's awesome.
1: I have, I've liked 58 TV shows, and those are the six that it picked to, to put on the top. And they're not even the highest among my rated TV shows.
0: Yeah, mine, I've, I've liked 95, and mine are Legendary Nights on on HBO Sports, Glee, which I don't even like, Breaking Bad, okay, Bob's Burgers, all right, that's accurate, Bridezilla's. I which, wish
1: Bob Burgers was up there.
0: Bridezilla's Sorry. and Amish Mafia.
1: Amish? I don't even know what that is.
0: Uh, it's it, it, not a show. It is a show, and it's terrible, but it's amazing, but it's terrible. And it
1: made it into your top six.
0: Somehow, yeah.
1: Huh. I wonder how they pick that. I wonder if they like I assume there's an algorithm i don't I don't think it's just random. I just reloaded and it's the same six. So I think they must watch posts right to see what you talk about they I, I would assume
0: except i get, I don't really talk about t v that much on Facebook because I don't really use Facebook as in a personal way the way right, I use Twitter. but there's
1: context in keyword relationships,
0: I guess, but I don't really i like you know I talk about t v and movies all the time on Twitter. I don't on Facebook. It's really interesting. Facebook basically uh, just shares shit.
1: The movie picks are 100% wrong, except for maybe The Empire Strikes Back. But they, oh, and the usual suspects. But stand-up guys, Harold and Kumar, Escape Guantanamo, (laughs) Star Trek, First Contact, and Airplane are not my top six favorite movies.
0: Mine, um, yeah, mine aren't either. Although there's Inception, Casablanca, About a Boy, Finding Nemo, American Psycho, Fargo. American Psycho and Finding Nemo are pretty good. So is Fargo. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah,
1: it'll work. All right. Um, it did, however, feature the picture of me hugging Leonard Cohen on my photos, even though that was like two years ago now. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I appreciate that. It also has one of me looking really fat this Christmas in a Tesla T-shirt. Not the band, the the oatmeal museum thing. Anyway, OK, I think I, we're, we're done, right?
0: We're done, man.
1: Yeah, we should, we should let these people go. We They've should. been very nice.
0: You've been really nice, and, and we appreciate all of you. Please rate and review us on iTunes um, because we are going to shill for your ratings and reviews. Follow us on Twitter, OVRTRD.
1: OVRTRD. And listen to Systematic, too. It's getting really fun. Love you. Bye. Get some sleep. Seriously.
0: The system is going down low